0: means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Chris Ansler, and our guest today is Jordan Earls with Quantum, independent blockchain uh, with smart contract, internet of things, and mobile solutions. How are you doing today, Jordan?
2: I'm pretty good. Good. Tell us more about Quantum. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, you kind of, you know, gave the one line. Um, So, we're a public blockchain that is really focused on bringing, you know, smart contracts and decentralized applications to mobile and IoT kind of uh, use cases. And uh, and we do that currently using the uh, Ethereum virtual machine. So, you know, if you have a smart contract on Ethereum, then it's very easy to use Quantum.
1: Excellent. What's um what's the use case for a mobile device that you're currently working on? Uh the big thing is that,
2: you know, like this year we're planning on releasing a um a thing that we're calling the X eighty six VM. And basically that allows you to like write smart contracts in um like C plus plus and Go and all the mainstream programming languages. But uh the big thing is that with that, uh it'll be much more efficient to run smart contracts on mobile devices and IoT devices. But also, you know, we already um, like we use a protocol called FPV, which basically if you have a Bitcoin wallet on your phone right now, you're probably already using that protocol. And uh, basically, we've extended it to where it can work for smart contracts. And, um, and so using that kind of technology, we're able to basically bring smart contracts to mobile devices without you having to trust some third party.
1: Oh, okay. So that that increases the speed of everything as well. Yes. Okay. Um, what do you see in the future of that smart contract integration right now?
2: In the future? I mean, uh, I think that one of the big advances that we're going to see is adding, beginning to add governance into the smart contracts and decentralized applications. Um, right now, everything is kind of, you know, it just kind of either it's not governed at all and, you know, it's just using like the founders have all control or whatever. Um, but I think we're getting to the point where we're kind of needing to move past that, to where there can actually be a governance system in place for, for a lot of these decentralized applications that we're seeing. Do
1: you see more, more of that governance and reg- regulation aspect kind of being the, the main story this year?
2: Uh I think that as well as, you know, kind of what we're trying to do with this whole x86 VM stuff and that's basically, you know, bringing mainstream languages and tooling to the smart contract ecosystem and hopefully, you know, providing some stability because, um, you know, it's such a new space and I mean, we've already seen tons of problems where people have lost hundreds of millions of dollars by some random bug or whatever. And uh I think at this point what we need is, you know, stability over just shiny new toys to play with. Agreed.
1: Yeah. So with with X eighty six, what separates that from other competitors right now?
2: Uh the main competitor is kind of what um what Ethereum and I think also EOS is doing and right. that is the uh WebAssembly. And uh basically WebAssembly is still very immature. Like i, I honestly I often think it's a very exciting technology, but it's not ready for, for prime time yet and uh you know maybe in a few years but the uh other problem with WebAssembly is that uh, like you know it's it's formed by a by a committee of, of different companies and currently all of those committees are browsers. There's no smart contract representation that's on that committee, you know, guiding guiding them on how to make this whole WebAssembly technology work not just for Browsers and JavaScript, but for smart contracts and blockchain. So I think that that will be a, a problem eventually, even though we're not seeing any problems with
1: it yet. Okay, so decentralizing that aspect will will open things up. So it, it seems that at the at our current state, um, the the larger corporations or companies are realizing that you know the technology, of course, is here to stay. So they're they're getting kind of a foothold in it. But in the case of WebAssembly, it appears that that's already the case. So decentralizing that seems like it's going to give it more access to, um, you know, the, the people that need to get it done. And so it's not just one operating in kind of one one guided frame, if that makes sense.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, like the problem that if that currently it's not decentralized, it's all it's all designed around a centralized committee. And and sure, you know, the code is open for if you can do whatever you want with it, but if you have to make big changes because you know, like browsers introduce some feature that's completely incompatible with the concept of smart contracts, then you're gonna to have to maintain your own separate version of WebAssembly that's a little bit different, and it kind of breaks that whole compatibility story of you know, being able to write code that runs in your browser and then write it for smart contracts at the same time. Um, but anyway,
1: okay. So you have x86 going. What uh, what future plans are there for this year for Quantum?
2: yeah I mean we have this whole x 86 six thing um and that's really going to you know go a little bit beyond just you know writing smart contracts and modern uh stable languages, but also you know it opens up that hiring point where you know you can hire that senior developer that has twenty years of experience in c plus plus and he doesn't have to learn some crazy new technology that he's not used to um and then we're also working on basically. A uh, a lightning network that kind of combines uh, some smart contract and governance technology, and uh, and that will be uh, kind of talked about more in our second white paper that's kind of coming with that. And then we're also going to be working on a quantum enterprise alliance and a basically an enterprise version of quantum that you know companies can configure and everything for their exact needs and be able to set up a permissioned blockchain, you know, in, in minutes, that's production ready rather than something just for testing or, you know, you have to make some vast number of changes to get it to be production ready basically. Okay. And yeah, that's pretty much our our big plan for 2018.
1: When do you, when do you see the release for the lightning network? Um,
2: uh we're not sure yet. Um probably it would be in the realm of like late
1: 2018.
2: And for okay. X86 we want to have a prototype sometime like mid twenty eighteen like you know a prototype that people can start using and and uh testing and you know the early adopters that want to try out this technology and give us
1: valuable feedback very okay, good and your the enterprise alliance is that going to be later in twenty eighteen or
2: yeah that's that's late twenty eighteen probably early twenty nineteen to be more realistic
1: okay yeah well very good um what is it that? Just a little bit about your background, what got you you what led up to your uh, joining quantum
2: uh yeah so i mean and uh so basically i was a uh so first of all, i'm a self taught computer programmer I began basically as a hobby whenever I was thirteen and uh I didn't go to college or anything for it, I just kind of made a name for myself with you know being able to write code and doing all that and uh in about twenty I think of uh twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. It was whenever Dogecoin was making the news was when I kind of entered the whole Bitcoin ecosystem. Like basically I started mining Dogecoin, got involved in the community, started looking into the technology and was just kind of hooked on it, you know. And uh from there I uh went to basically start reviewing the code that makes some of these cryptocurrencies work. And at the time, it was like 2014, and there were just a ton of scams. It was like kind of the first real altcoin bubble and everything. And so every scammer was trying to cash out on it, basically. And uh, so I reviewed the coins and would, uh, you know, say, confirm that their announcement actually matches what the code says. And I spotted like quite a few uh, different malicious projects that way and uh, reviewed over 100 coins in total. And then uh to get to quantum finally basically it was uh 2016 and in mid 2016 and mike a uh a friend that me and patrick had in common i didn't know patrick at the time but uh he kind of contacted me and was like oh i i got this guy who wants to build a project and uh you know, he's based out of China and, you know, at the time it was like every every scam was coming out of China, it seemed like. So I immediately just thought it was a scam. But uh, me and Patrick talked for several weeks over Skype and, and other ways of communicating, you know. And um, basically he kind of, once I finally grasped his vision of, you know, this blockchain that he was wanting to build, basically proof of stake and Bitcoin transaction model. And Ethereum-based smart contracts, like get, putting all that together in one project, understood that you know how how powerful of a of a uh, platform that could be. And so, basically, I came on as a uh, as a co-founder, and uh, there's two other co-founders, and that's Patrick Dye and uh, Neil Mahi. And uh, yeah, that's kind of you know how we got started. And we had a crowd sale in March that was successful. And then we uh released our main network in uh and, and that was March twenty seventeen. Then we released our main network in I think it was September twenty seventeen. And we've always always hit all, all of our uh, deadlines that we've set for ourselves so far.
1: Excellent. What do you for the future beyond twenty nineteen, what do you see with quantum?
2: Um, probably a lot of focus on off-chain transactions, you know, advancing these kind of this kind of lightning network that we're designing now, and also adding more virtual machines that are tuned to specific indus- industry use cases, and you know, of course, going forward more with the uh, enterprise and permissioned version of Quantum, basically.
1: Well, any uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up today? Uh,
2: I, I don't really have much. Um, I just think that uh, you know the smart contract ecosystem is still like incredibly young, and uh, right now we're just seeing so many hacks and so many bugs and and other problems that just lock away hundreds of millions of dollars. And I think probably the most important, like you know, urgent issue right now in the whole ecosystem is bringing some stability and and something to prevent some of this human error that we keep encountering. And uh, that's kind of what we're hoping to do at Quantum.
1: Okay. Well, very good. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us today here on a Future Tech Podcast. And thank you everyone for joining us as well. We will see you next
0: time. Thank you for having me. The Bitcoin, Ethereum and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17 and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field,